Hello and welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Megla Pardwaj. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a really cool tool called PicFu that allows you to test your images and other things uh, for your Amazon listing. So please welcome my guest, Justin Chen from PicFu. Hey, Justin, how are you doing? Hey, Megla. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks a lot for joining me today. So I'm super excited to talk about PicFu and pe- I've been hearing about it from, you know, so many different people and I've heard you talk on different podcasts. I was like, okay, it's time to get you on the podcast and learn a little bit more about PicFu. Right. So first of all, thank you so much for partnering with India Sourcing Trip in being a sponsor yeah. and, and giving, you know, all India Sourcing Trip attendees one free campaign to, to test. So that's very mm-hmm. generous of you. Thank you so much for that. So, um, okay, we'll talk about PicFu and what it does. But before we go into that, Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your personal story, and how did you end up with PicFu? Sure. So, uh, let's see. I live in Los Angeles. I was born and raised in Southern California. Um, software engineer by trade. So, I went to Berkeley, studied computer science. Um, when I graduated, it was kind of like the dot-com bus. So, Instead of going to more startups, I went to a big company. I went to Hewlett Packard. And my co-founder, John, actually, um, we went to college together. So he went to Microsoft up in Seattle. So we kind of went our separate ways for a few years. Um, and, but we always wanted to do something together. So probably about four and a half years into working the, the corporate jobs, we decided, like, let's give entrepreneurship a try. And we decided just to quit our jobs and build something. So that was back in 2006, uh, about 14 years ago. And we started building a restaurant review menu aggregator website. Um, this was back when like Yelp was getting started and you know, City Search and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, we were kind of th- throwing our hat into the, into the ring and we self-funded it. Like that, our philosophy around uh, entrepreneurship was we wanted to be self-funded. We wanted to run our own business and kind of learn everything there was about um, business and marketing and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how we started. We were running uh, this uh, restaurant review website um, together. And along the way, uh, we needed to get feedback on something. We actually were working on a redesign for the website. And we just needed, you know, more eyes on it. And by that point, it had already been a few years. And I think our friends and family were kind of getting tired of giving feedback something you know you when you start something you're you're constantly emailing your friends and family like hey what do you think about this what do you think about that and the free, first few times they're like oh they're actually giving you feedback then you know as they get kind of sick of it they're like whatever you think is best or they're just you know they're not really trying anymore so i think we kind of sense that we were wearing out our welcome and we're like all right well let's just build a solution to get feedback and so that's where pick blue started um so we built it as a side project just out of our own need and we, we launched it, we kind of soft launched it to the uh, entrepreneur startup community. And, uh, you know, that went pretty well. A lot of people started using it, but our, our primary focus was still the other business. So we, we really just left it on the side and, and kept working on the other business. Um, but then, you know, about five years ago, PicFu started picking up its own, uh, getting traction on its own. And we decided like, well, let's, let's pivot our attention all the way over to PicFu and let's see if we can grow it even bigger. And that's kind of how, you know, it's been going. How did the name come about, especially the F-U in, in PicFu? Pick, I can understand, is like, you know, pick yeah. one of the two, but Fu is it like... So the Fu, the Fu is like a Kung Fu, uh, having uh... Fu in something is like having, is being good at something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people would say they have Google Fu or Code Fu or 
uh, something cooking food, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> so we wanted to pick through a service that was really good at picking for you. There was also like a for you aspect of it too. So that's kind of where it came from. Um, people have commented that the name uh, can sometimes sound offensive, but I think that just makes it catchier. So, you know, it, it helps, it helps it keep it memorable. Yes, definitely. It is memorable for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you said it wasn't originally targeted at e-commerce sellers, right? So, I mean, yeah. what, what kind of businesses or individuals used the service when it started and then how did sure. it evolve to where, you know, it's, it's, is it mostly used by e-commerce sellers now? Yeah. So now it's probably about half e-commerce sellers. And yeah, when we first started, it was targeted towards startups that were doing uh, idea validation, kind of like lean startup type of stuff, testing logos, business ideas. And that's, that's how we were initially marketing it. Um, it's such a general purpose tool that um, it can be difficult, difficult to market unless you're going after a particular customer segment. So in the very beginning, what we went after was um, self-publishing authors. They were, they were testing book titles and book covers. Um, kind of in the same manner that Tim Ferriss used Google ads to test out for our work week. Uh, a lot of authors were starting to use pick food to validate uh, their title decisions uh, with actual data. And so basically what we found was that like anything that you're going to publish live that you can't test live or you can't take it back mm -hmm. is a really good candidate for pick food. So that, that included books. So the book titles and book covers, a lot of mobile app developers use it to test, uh, uh, mobile app creatives, game creatives, um, app store icons. Uh, it's really hard to test things live in the, the mobile app stores. And the cost of mobile development is also really high. So like you want to validate some of those concepts earlier before spending like, you know, thousands or millions of dollars on your development cycle. Um, so e-commerce came, came along about two years ago. Um, I think it was Manny who first uh, mentioned it on one of his podcasts, AMPM podcast talking about using PicFu to do some image uh, split testing. And that's kind of, yeah, where we got introduced to the whole e-commerce uh, segment. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of sellers started using it to test different aspects of their product uh, listings or even product uh, concept decisions. And we found that like this was the perfect use case. And so we've been spending a lot more time marketing it, particularly to the e-commerce market now. Okay. Okay, that's an interesting story. So, how does how does PickFu work? Like, what is uh, what are the principles behind PickFu? Yeah, so um, the main value that we bring is that we have this PickFu panel of people that are all, all U.S. respondents, and so when you create what we call polls, basically you ask a single question and you give um, you know one to eight different creative options that you want to get feedback on. So maybe that's two different uh, product image variations, or maybe it's a three product titles that you just want to get feedback on. And as soon as you start this poll, we, we reach out to our panel of people and we pay them to answer the poll. And so you might say, um, you know, which product would you buy, right? This generically. And maybe you have like three uh, product images and those choose which one they like. So like maybe option A, option C, but they also have to give written explanations why. And that's usually where most people find the value. So they actually have to explain why, and then they're also giving demographic information. So you'll see what their gender is and their ethnicity. You can ask, uh, you know, you can collect other information like income and um, other behavioral attributes as well. And so you can kind of slice and dice the responses based on those uh, demographic traits. So what's beautiful about Big Food is that th these responses come in very, very fast. So 50 responses can be done in a matter of 15 minutes. And so, you could be iterating with your designer or your product team within the same day 
incorporating the feedback that you're getting from your pick and pull. So you could read through the feedback and if they're saying like, oh, we really don't like this color and I'd rather prefer something like this, like you could work with the designer and within 15 minutes after uh, the poll's done, you could just pop up another one and just keep iterating. And we've seen people do that. And it's great because, you know, before I think uh, people always had the assumption that this kind of testing, this kind of focus group testing would take weeks or months and, you know, cost thousands of dollars kind of in the traditional in-person sense. And so now we're, what we're trying to do is bring it digitally and make it really self-service and accessible to kind of anyone that needs to get the same kind of feedback. Right. So who are these people who are, you know, doing these surveys and um, what's in it for them? And of course you're, you're paying them. And so is this your community? I mean, is it a community that you yourself are building or like, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about who these people are? Sure. Yeah. So we work with a third party panel service that we reach out to. So whenever we have a survey or a poll that's ready, we reach out to them and say like, Hey, we're going to pay you uh, to this, complete this poll. Um, so these aren't people that are, um, they're not random people that are getting their content blocked. They're not, they're not solicited with ads or anything like that. These are people who are opting into doing these kinds of things. So they, they have genuine interest in doing a good job and, and earning um, the money for, for doing the polls. Additionally, um, whenever we get any feedback, we run it through a pretty rigorous uh, system of quality control. So we've got a bunch of machine learning that's going on and reading through all the explanations and scoring everything. And then we have a human uh, curator going through an editorially uh, blocking respondents and um, making sure that people who are earnestly answering kind of get kicked off the platform. Um, so we really try hard to make sure that we curate like a, a pool of people who are actually interested in answering the questions. Okay. But then how accurate are the survey results? Because I mean, these people are not really shoppers, right? I mean, they're mm -hmm. not out to buy these products. So yeah. is, I mean, how much confidence do you have in, in the survey <clears throat> results? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely difficult. I mean, obviously, uh, actual sales data is always going to win. Uh, this is definitely theoretical. What you can do is you could try to approximate at least your target audience. So you can do some targeting on PigFu so that maybe it's prime shoppers that are women that have kids. And so at least you know that it's the right demographic. Maybe they're not looking to buy your particular product right now, but at least you're getting the feedback from their perspective. And so what we always like to say is that it gives you very strong directional guidance as to like what to do. Um, obviously, if you're testing like very small minutia of variations between your your options like you know maybe it'll be like 55 45 on pick food and maybe on live it'll go the other way but we're what we like to say is that directionally it'll point you in the right direction right so if if a color scheme or a, a certain thematic style of the product or the imagery um, we're, we're very confident that it'll point you in the direction that way uh, additionally with the, the uh, written explanations like that's um, additional feedback that can be used to uh for you to like factor into your own decisions because sure we can give you an answer but you should read through all the explanations and see like okay that is what i'm going for and that is the kind of feedback that i want from my target uh, audience okay so okay let's talk about what are some of the things that can be tested i mean specifically for amazon and e-commerce sure. sellers right so image i guess that's the first thing right so when, yeah. when testing an image, what are we doing here? Are we just uh, trying to see, you know, what image will work best, like, you know, different angles, or are we actually, you know, also testing, are we also doing product validation or are they two separate things? Like, you know, you can do product 
validation and you can do image testing. How does yeah, that work? Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. Like it can be both. So if you're looking at it from the beginning of the product lifecycle, we have people testing and they're uploading images, but they might be of product concepts, right? So maybe they're uh, sketches or 3D renderings or uh, just like Photoshop images. Um, or even say they're looking to source product off Alibaba and they're just taking the images of a few different products and they're just saying like, which bento lunchbox would you buy? So you could be using images um, at that stage where you don't even have a product yet and you're just trying to see how the, uh, per your target audience might respond to those product decisions. Um, at the beginning, you can also be testing things like color variation before you're stocking your inventory or your uh, packaging, packaging design, or even your like, brand logos, all that kind of stuff. So that's all like really early stage stuff, which would still be images that you would test on the platform. Um, but the feedback you'll be getting is more about the different products and the different packaging and all that kind of stuff. If you were testing images for the sake of split testing or listing optimization, then yeah, you would be having the same product, but you would have uh, different product photography style. So um, maybe it's, you know, different lighting or positioning, like you're saying, a lot of people will test like uh, layouts and composition. So, you know, maybe it's a product that has like 10 different pieces to it and how they lay that out in the image makes a really big difference. And so that's the thing that we see being tested a lot. Um, so in this case, like the audience knows that it's the same product and they're just looking for like, which image is the best. And you can use the wording in the question to, to reinforce like what you're looking for. So perhaps you're saying like, which product design do you prefer for this umbrella versus like which image of umbrella do you prefer, right? So that'll reinforce like the context of, of the question so that the respondents can uh, respond appropriately. Okay. And then you can also test the title and, and copy, right? For sure. So how yeah, so you work? can do, it, it doesn't have to be images, it could be text, it could even be video and audio, you can upload okay. video and audio as well. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, text is very common, so whether it's product titles or just entire blocks of product descriptions, uh, it's a great way to test out like if, if it's easy to read or if it's answering all the questions. Um, and yeah, t titles, product titles, or even email copy, all that kind of stuff. How do you test video? Like, do you just upload two videos and see, and ask people yeah. which one? they find more appealing or? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like we've used it to test uh, different um, uh, shorts of like, say like animation explainers that we've done or uh, snippets of like commercials or like Facebook ads that we're gonna run. Like we'll just upload it directly to the platform and then just ask people to watch and see which one is more appealing to them. Um, we've also tested audio when we were looking for voiceover actors. Um, you know, you just have a couple of people. It's essentially like an audition, right? Like. Why should, why should you and your team be the only people giving feedback on the commercial, like the voice talent that everyone's going to be hearing? So, um, you know, just get a few uh, candidates and have them record something and just upload the audio and you can get feedback. It, yeah, that's how we chose it for our uh, explainer video that's on our website is we chose the voice talent using PicBoo. Okay, that's interesting. I think I'm really excited about the product validation part of this because I think that's where Amazon sellers really struggle, like, you know, really choosing the right product. Yeah. And um, sometimes, you know, they, they have a really cool product idea, but maybe no one's searching for it online because they don't know that that product exists, right? Hmm. So I think that's really a, a challenge that uh, sellers face sometimes. And PickFu would be able to help with that 
So um, let me give you an example and maybe you can explain a little bit about, you know, if, if this concept will work. So let's say we're selling, you know, t-shirts, for example, right? And of course, it's a very competitive market and there are tons of t-shirt uh, sellers online and it's really difficult to, you know, rank for t-shirts. But let's say I have a really cool t-shirt that t-shirt that's made from, I don't know, something very special, <laughs> like a really <laughs> sure. new, you know, material, material that no one really knows about. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, very eco-friendly and, and uh, you know, something really cool. So would PicFu be ideal for that? Because when I'm selling on Amazon, no one's searching for that. So I'm not going to be able to rank, you know, for that keyword. But would PicFu be a good platform to test that kind of uh, a concept? So I guess you're looking to see if this combination of like the t-shirt and the material that you're using would stand out in the like competitive fields yes. of t-shirt searches. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I think I think you could approximate uh, you know the acceptance of that by uh, doing like a competitive uh, test. So what some people do is they'll actually uh, you know take the search results from Amazon and they'll like cut up like the little search results, right? Um, and say maybe there's like three or four competitors that you want to see how you would fare against. And um, what you would do is you would take those images of like, you know, it's got the title, it's got the, the photo and maybe, you know, price and all the information. Um, most people will try to normalize it by like taking out the ratings and the price just so that like we're not using those as comparisons, but like having the title and the image of like yours and the top three or four and then run a poll where they're being compared and just say like, which t-shirt would you buy? And then you're going to see like, you know, what combinations of things that people are interested in. And maybe they'll say like, oh, I like this t-shirt because of the special material that's being used, or maybe it's the style of t-shirt um, or whatnot. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so what's nice is that the competitive testing is great because like, that's not something that um, you can easily do right now. Like you can't really do that live and actually gather the feedback and, and have people explain why they're choosing your competition over yours. And so I think that can give you a lot of insight. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't even have a product yet, but you just want to get feedback on like other competitive listings that you're targeting. And you could even just say like an open-ended way, like, what do you think about this listing? What's, what's not good about it? What would you improve? And that could give you angles for how you could target or uh, tweak your product offering so that like you're hitting the deficiencies of like the category leader. Right. So in terms of testing the title, do you have any best practices or any strategies for when people are testing titles? Um, I would say that in general, when you're testing titles or kind of testing anything, I would, I would start with like kind of vastly different directional approaches. So, you know, maybe, um, maybe it's like the tone of the title or, or length or, you know, how many keywords you're stopping, but I try to tell people like not to make very uh, small variations, right? Because it, that's going to be really hard to differentiate and, you know, it may not be very meaningful, but if you're, if you've got a very different tone and, and you can see like, Oh, okay. Like this is resonating with people. Um, same with the description, like the description, description copy, um, like choose very different stylistic approaches and that'll give you a stronger um, directional signal. Um, so that, that's what I would uh, recommend. I think once you've honed in on it, then you could start uh, testing the text like within the context of like the listing. So, you know, once you've figured out like, oh, this is the text that I like, now I can like superimpose it potentially like on, you know, image uh, screenshots and then see like how it looks in, in that context. Just because you know that it, it makes a difference when you actually see it like on a listing. 
Definitely, definitely. So what kind of audience targeting can be done on Pixel? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we definitely have a lot of the basic demographic things. So gender, age, income, ethnicity, um, whether they're married or have kids, those kinds of things. But we also have things like uh, behavioral targeting. So uh, whether they're like prime shoppers or if they take nutritional supplements or they take beauty products, um, a lot of these uh, um, behaviors that might indicate that they're more in your target audience. So, you know, whether they, they cook a lot and think that they're a, a good home chef or they really don't cook, like that's actually a pretty big distinction, right? Like when you're selling kitchenware. So uh, we have a lot of these uh, behavioral segmentations and, you know, we're always adding more based off seller feedback. So if, if there's something that's not there, like you can always reach out to us and we'll find a way to craft the question to try to uh, target the right audience. Okay. And then, so there's behavioral segmentation and then mm -hmm. there's also psychographic segmentation that's mentioned on your website. What is that? Yeah. So psychographic is a new one that we're working on and that's um, psychographic segmentation are like beliefs that people hold. Mm -hmm. And so those might be like value conscious or health conscious. And so the way that we're doing that is we're actually collecting kind of all these, what they call attitudinal statements um, by our respondents. And so they'll be asked to like um, give a weighting on like how, how much they agree with a certain statement. And we're asking a combination of all these different statements. And from that, we can uh, extrapolate whether they're, you know, value conscious or price insensitive, right? Um, so an example of this that we did for one of our clients is we built a custom audience around how privacy oriented they were because they, they were really into privacy and they wanted to reach a customer base that was only into privacy. So we had a few different statements around, um, you know, the types of technologies that they use, their, their cookie settings and all this kind of stuff. So there were a few criteria to say that, oh, okay, these are the privacy minded people and that's like, that's a mindset or a belief that they wanted to reach. So that's an example of a psychographic segmentation. Okay. That makes sense. So I'm curious, like how many people are there in your database? I mean, are there like hundreds and thousands or millions or? Yeah. So we've got about 10,000 U.S. respondents that we tap into. Um, and it's a pretty wide range of, you know, the segmentations and a pretty good variety of everyone. Okay. And is it mostly U.S. audience currently, or do you have audiences? It's only, it's only U.S. right now. Yeah. Okay. So we're restricting it only to U.S. just to, um, you know, we're focused on the U.S. market and, and people who are selling into the U.S. market or targeting the U.S. market as customers. Uh, in the long term, we do plan on expanding past that, but we, you know, tackle one thing at a time. Okay. Yeah, because I assume, I mean, Europe would be a bit big market as well. I mean, India yeah. could potentially be a huge market because Amazon and e-commerce in general is growing really fast over there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's just hard when, you know, when you're tackling both sides of it. So it's, it's kind of two-sided, right? So we're, we're, we'd like to hold at least the, the respondent pool steady as we're growing our uh, pool of customers. Um, working on both is kind of difficult for, for the team. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of um, audience segmentation and audience targeting when creating a poll, do you have any strategies that might help, um, you know, ensure that people don't have like a very wide pool of uh, people or it's not too narrow? Are there any best practices that uh, people should keep in mind for that? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how 
uh, depends on the product, in fact. I mean, so in, in a lot of cases, I suggest people just use a general, um, general audience for most things because I know that um, you may think that like you're looking for a target audience, but you know, a lot of times like you're just looking for, for a consumer base that kind of has some common sense and that can actually get you like 80% of the way there and you're not having to build the super complex pool that might cost more or take longer. Um, so I always suggest like starting with a, um, a general audience, unless it's like very specifically like no one would buy this except for like women over a certain age or something like that, right? Like mm -hmm. if that is the case, then like that is the targeting you should use. But if there's a possibility that, you know, the actual purchasers can be kind of across the spectrum, like I would always just recommend like general audience. Um, yeah, it kind of depends on on your threshold, <laughs> threshold for, um, you know, the price and like the specificity of the, of the feedback that you receive. Um, as it gets more granular, like the poll does get more expensive and it does take longer. So like, it's not going to take 15 minutes. It may take like a few hours. It may take a day as you get very, very specific. Right. So how does pricing work? Yeah. So the pricing starts at a dollar per response. So a minimum of 50 responses. And so that's $50. That's how we start the pricing. Um, as you're adding in kind of configuration, so perhaps you're adding like prime members and that might add, um, I think off the top of my head, it might add like 20 or 30 cents per response. Okay. And so that would just adjust the price per response and then, you know, times 50 or a hundred or how many responses you're ordering. And so as you're adding targeting, there's just, it's a flat fee per the type of targeting that you're adding. And, um, and then it just multiplies out to times number of responses. Okay. And you do want at least 50 responses, right? Is that kind of the minimum that you're looking for? Or is that the minimum that the platform offers? I think it's both. Um, I think we've, uh, we've experimented with lower and uh, 50 seems like a, a happy medium between like having enough to give you a directional sense um, while still being accessible enough. Uh, larger companies will sometimes jump directly to 200, 200 or 500 just because they, they want more assurances and they're not as worried about the price increasing. Um, so it kind of depends on just what your threshold threshold is. And sometimes you do 50 and it's like 90, 10 and it's like, okay, like I'm completely confident with this result. Um, but if it comes in a little closer and it's like, you know, 60, 40 and you're, you're still not sure you can always add responses to the poll. So you could, you could do the 50 first and then add on like another 50 or another hundred just to keep gathering data. Um, um, and none of those people will be repeats. They'll all be like new people. Okay. That makes sense. So do you have any case studies of clients that have, uh, you know, experienced like a lot of success or have, in, have been able to increase their sales after doing a pick food test? Yeah, so we actually just published a case study uh, with a company, one of our customers called Thrasio, um, and they're pretty well known in the FBA space. They're, they're a company that buys um, FBA brands that are doing really well, and they're looking to increase them even more so. So what they'll do is they'll use PicFu uh, to test out uh, branding changes, packaging changes, and in the case of, of this one study that we did, they bought a, a pet deodorizer called the Angry Orange, Angry Orange, and um, they, they had the hypothesis that if we did a branding redesign and possibly a packaging redesign, that it would increase the sales. So they, they did a bunch of different design variations with their team and they validated those designs against PicFu and they eventually chose the winning one using PicFu. And so with the completely new packaging that they rebooted the product in and the new branding that they used, 
um, they were able to add over a million dollars in revenue run rate uh, just in that product line alone, just through the decisions validated with PicFu. So that, that was an awesome win. And now they continue to use PicFu for you know, all their um, new products that they, they purchase and when they're redesigning and repackaging the new products. Okay, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, a million yeah, dollars. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> we always like to emphasize that like the earlier, earlier in the product lifecycle that you can gather data, um, it's going to make a bigger impact, right? Like you can, there's definitely benefits to doing the uh, listing optimization of the product images and, and the descriptions and the titles. But, you know, you're, you're talking about like a smaller percentage gains. Um, but if you can make a big difference, like in the actual uh, product concept or the actual look at the packaging or the branding, like that's going to have a much bigger uh, impact on your top and bottom line, like much uh, later down the road. So we try to get people to test earlier um, if they can't, right? If they're at the stage that they're making these decisions that they should be testing um, before they're actually committing dollars to something. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So Justin, this has been really good. Um, you've shared such a lot of great information about PicFu. It's an amazing tool. So is there anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Um. No, I mean, I just, I, I think uh, as long as you're talking to your customers, whether it's uh, through PicFu or s some other means, I like to say that like we always talk to our customers and we try to like, uh, you know, live that philosophy. So we're always happy to chat with uh, any customer that wants to have a chat with us. And I think that's actually how, we, how I got connected with Gary from Seven Figure Seller was I think he had run a poll and he reached out and I was like, all right, well, let's have a call because, you know, I'm happy to chat with any of our customers. And I, I suggest that all sellers like chat with any of their customers because you never know um, the context of why they're using your product or what feedback they may have. And in our case, like the customers have always kind of led the way towards the evolution of the product and also like what markets to segment uh, to, to go into. So um, you know, I'm a huge, huge proponent for talking to your customers and getting feedback as much as possible. Right. Totally makes sense. Also, uh, thank you so much for offering a discount code for all of our listeners here. So guys, all of you listening, you can use the code Asian seller on pickfoo.com for 50% off of your first poll on pickfoo. Yep. Cool. Thank you so much for that, Justin. Yeah, no so, problem. All right. Thank you very much for your time and for um, talking with me today. And uh, it was really fun and it was, um, yeah, very informative. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.